Hey-ya, hey. Welcome to another episode of Say It To Me Nice. I am your host, Bridgetta Giles. I am a certified family life educator, sex educator, lover of the word fuck in all forms, here with another episode for you. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite lessons to teach, and that is understanding the difference between sexual desire and sexual arousal. But before we get into that, I promised you all periodically that I will come in and tell you how my online dating is going. More important, my sex positive celibacy slash abstinence. I still like how sex positive celibacy sounds over abstinence, but listen, you remember, y'all know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to be honest, the actual not having the sex is not as hard as I thought it would be. So although I went into this with an open mind and really opening myself up to all possibilities, being open to to really feeling whatever feelings that I needed to feel in these moments, I did go into this anticipating being insanely horny and that this would be so freaking difficult for me to do. It does help that I am not seeing anyone. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have any prospects. I'm just like super single, as single as humanly fucking possible. But the way that I'm feeling about this journey that I'm taking, I don't think the presence of a partner is going to shift me. And here's why. So this for me isn't just a, oh, you're not having sex right now thing. This is a I am going to remove sex for a period of time from being a part of the equation so that I can concentrate on other things and presenting other parts of myself. What that looks like for me is exploring all different parts of myself. And in doing that, I'm learning a shit ton about myself. The overarching thing that I want to share with you is how I have defined intimacy and sex up until this point does not truly align with how I feel or what I truly feel intimacy and good sex really is. Now, that's not to say that I have not experienced good sex. I honestly have. I always say I have really, really good sex karma. Like I've had some really great sex partners and sexual experiences. I have found myself in situations and in sexual situations that felt really great, felt amazing, but they weren't fulfilling. It felt like, oh, I had the sex, I possibly had the orgasm, and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong, for those stages in my life, that was cool. That's what I wanted in those moments. But in looking back, there was something else that I needed that I wasn't receiving. And in this stage of my life, I feel as though I want to create spaces. Y'all know I love creating a space. Uh, I want to create spaces for fulfillment for myself as well as for my partner. So that was something that has really, I've really been considering that in this journey is, okay, I've had great sex before, but now I'm ready for next level shit. And I'm not talking about just positions. 
I'm really talking about creating a safe space for me to leave that sexual session better than I came. So somebody's listening to this and it's like, Bridgetta, you're just talking about sex. You're not talking about getting a fucking PhD or going to church. But I want my sex to feel like that. I want me and my partner to leave our sexual sessions or our intimate sessions or just space with one another that we feel like better people because we had those interactions. That for me is true pleasure. And I to date have not experienced that. So that's where I am in my journey. So I want to pose a question to my listeners. When you think about sex, or when you think about your sexual experiences that you have had or that you want to have, do you leave those experiences feeling fulfilled? And if so, what does that mean? How do you define fulfillment for yourself? I'm going to create an Instagram post and please comment under that Instagram post. It's going to say, what do you want your sex to feel like? Now, obviously I'm probably not going to be able to use the word sex, but Y'all are going to know if you if you listen to the podcast, if you rocking with me like you rocking with me, um, you're going to know what I'm talking about. And if you are new here and you don't know what Instagram I'm talking about, you can find me on Instagram at Say It To Me Nice Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, although I'm not going to be I'm not going to lie to you. I still haven't gotten the hang of Twitter like I probably should. But Twitter handle is at Say It To Me Nice Podcast. You can find me on Clubhouse if you are interested in having me moderate a room about pleasure at Say It To Me Nice. All right, let's talk about online dating. I shared my profile with y'all on TikTok and on Instagram, and people thought it was cute. You know, um, I got a lot of DMs saying that, oh, it's a really cute. It's not doing too much. It's not overly sexual, which what the fuck does that even mean? But, you know, I understood what they meant. Kind of, sort of, but I shit you not on Facebook dating. I really haven't been getting any hits, like not many likes. And I honestly believe it's my, my, my area possibly, but I hadn't gotten any likes for it. So if you have any tips for me, again, I know I told you all I took this class and I did, you know, for the most part stuck to the game rules. But if you think that I could benefit from some lessons by all means, I want to hear from you. I am really trying to up engagement because I honestly am trying to build a community here with y'all. A little pleasure posse, if you will. I'm still working on names. That's that's probably not going to be it. I mean, I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. But I, you know, so with that being said, because I wasn't getting a whole lot of likes or whatnot from Facebook dating, I decided to reactivate my hinge. Now, I will say for me, hinge is extremely entertaining. I know a lot of people hate it. Some people really like it. It is pure fucking entertainment. I love to listen to the audio recordings. To me, that's one of the the greatest benefits to hinge is the audio recordings. Number one, I'm a voice person, so I I am very much so attracted to somebody with a really sexy voice. So that's not even the entertaining part for me. So if you know anything about Hinge, you know they give you prompts to answer. And so they give you the option to answer a prompt in either text form or audio form. The entertaining part is when the prompt 
has absolutely nothing to do with the answer that was given. So I am going to give you an example really quick. So I have pulled up my hinge and, <laughs> and I've pulled up the very first profile that came to. So the prompt is, I'll give you the setup, you guess the punchline. This is my boy's response. <laughs> the stupid ass app. Man, people killing me. Your boy is sick of it. He is sick of it. He's like, this stupid ass app. Y'all got me answering these stupid ass prompts and I'm just trying to get some pussy. What the fuck? So yeah, I have now reached the phase of online dating where it is fucking comical. I don't know if y'all follow any of the TikTokers who actually post videos of other people's profiles. I'm not exactly sure if that's legal and I don't want to put people's picture and video and all of that without their consent. But I will watch those fucking TikToks and laugh my motherfucking ass off because it is hilarious. All right, let's talk about pleasure, shall we? So yes, there is a difference between sexual desire and sexual arousal. Sexual desire is the mental element. It is the wanting to. I want to have sex with you. Um, a lot of times people consider this to be libido. When you hear the term libido, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the actual desire to have sex. You will hear sexuality professionals talk about sexual desire as having to do with your brain and your thoughts more than it does what's physiologically happening with your body. On the flip side to that, sexual arousal is your body's physiological response to forms of stimuli. For example, if for some people, nipples are an erogenous zone for them. If you stimulate some people's nipples and they have a pussy, their pussy will get wet. That is the body's natural reaction to that form of stimulus. It does not mean that mentally, this individual wants to engage in some type of sexual experience with you or they're not experiencing a desire to do so. This is actually called arousal non-concordance. Basically what that means is one system or the other wasn't invited to the party. So mentally, I want to, but my body is not responding or vice versa. My body is responding, but my mental is not there. Now, before you go listening to this, I'm like, oh my God, yes, that's me. My shit is broken. I need you to hear this. The overlap between sexual desire and sexual arousal in people with vulvas is only 10% statistically, meaning only 10% of people with vulvas are experiencing both sexual desire and sexual arousal at the same damn time. All right, so I want to give you all a resource. The statistic that I just gave came from one of my all-time favorite books in this field. If you follow any sexuality educator, influencer, uh, podcaster, coach, what therapist, whatever the case may be, I'm sure you have heard or seen this mentioned at least once. It's called 
Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life by Dr. Emily Nagoski. I have had this book for a few years now. I purchased it um, not only for professional use, but for a personal use as well. And it is wonderful. It covers anatomy. It covers um, the differences between desire and arousal, the different types of desire. It, it really is a great, great resource. I'm going to try my best to um, put a link in my platform so that you can find it on Amazon. I have used this book in developing workshops. I have used this book as talking points on this podcast. I have uh, referenced this book in talking with friends and colleagues. I also have the workbook and I have used um, concepts and worksheets from the workbook with my one-on-one clients. Highly, highly, highly recommend for personal use as well. So why is all this important? Why do I feel as though it is important on a podcast about pleasure that you understand the difference between sexual desire and sexual arousal? If you are a fan of this podcast and you already know where I'm going with this conversation, say it with me now. Sexual communication is key to sexual satisfaction. That shit is tweetable. That shit is tweetable. If you love me and you love this podcast, I need you to tag me and tweet, since I'm trying to get my Twitter up, sexual communication is key to sexual satisfaction. Hashtag say it to me nice podcast. So yeah, sexual communication is key to sexual satisfaction. And what that means is the more you know about pleasure, the more you know about your body, you know about the sexual response cycle, which is something we're going to talk about later. The more you know about the differences between desire and arousal, the more you can communicate to your partner. Yes, just because your pussy is wet doesn't mean that you're in this space, in a sexual space mentally. Now pause. I'm not saying that you can't find yourself in consensually sexual spaces if your mind is not there, but your body is. That is completely a decision for you if you are doing it in a way that is comfortable and safe for you, and this is a decision that you're coming to for yourself, then by all means, remember, we talked about arousal non-concordance. This is a real thing. So let's talk about some things that impact sexual desire and impact sexual arousal. Pain is very high on the list. If you are experiencing pain, for some people, this will have an impact on the desire to have sex. And I'm not just talking about um, sexual pain or pain during sex, but I'm also talking about, yes, the age-old tale, headaches. And although orgasms can alleviate headaches, let me say that again. It ain't the sex that alleviates the headache. It's the orgasm. I I just want to keep saying that because I always get so tired of people saying, oh, sex alleviates headaches. Bitch, it's the orgasm. And if you're doing all of this and we're doing all this moving and a shaking and a moving and a shaking, and I still don't have an orgasm after all that, and I still got a fucking headache and a wet ass, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Rant over. Another thing impacting um, sexual desire is stress. And I want to talk about financial stress because I don't think we talk about the impact of finances on pleasure and desire and arousal and things of that nature. For a lot of people, a lot of women, 
if we are experiencing financial hardships, we're not in a mental space for sex to think about the sex. We're thinking about getting a bag. We're thinking about being able to pay for groceries. We're thinking about being able to pay for um, whatever it is that we need to sustain a household or be a contributing part of the household. Another thing that I don't think we talk enough about is trauma. How does trauma impact your desire to have sex? You can have the world's best partner in the world, but if there's some unresolved trauma related to how, how, what makes you feel safe in sexual and non-sexual situations, that will have an impact on sexual desire. Oh, and here's a big one. The health of your relationship with your partner has a big impact on your desire to have sex. If we're not communicating well, if I don't feel safe with you, if my heart doesn't feel safe with you, if my mind doesn't feel safe with you, if my body doesn't feel safe with you as my partner, it's going to be very difficult for me to desire you. If I don't trust you with things that I should be able to trust my partner with, it's going to impact my desire to be sexual with you. And here's the big pink elephant in the room. If sex with your partner is not pleasurable for you, it's going to impact your desire to have sex with your partner. Again, sexual communication is key to sexual satisfaction. Much of what impacts sexual desire also impacts sexual arousal. So I don't, I'm not going to go back and repeat all the things that I just said, but I would like to include that some medications, especially when we're talking about antidepressants, um, specifically SSRIs, um, will have an impact on desire and arousal. So yeah, I hope that today's message was beneficial to you, that you learned something today that you can implement or have conversations with your partner about. If you don't have a partner, I really, really, really challenge you to pull out a journal or just do some level of self-reflection and think about how you plan on implementing the lessons that you learned from today's episode. So yeah, I really hope that you gained something from today's conversation. Um, if you are partnered, please have a discussion with your partner about the things that you learned in today's episode. If you are not partnered, I challenge you to pull out a journal or do some level of self-reflection about how you plan on implementing or communicating the things that you learned in today's episode. All right, y'all, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Meet me back here next Wednesday for yet another episode of Say It To Me Nice, where everything we do is for what? The pleasure of Black women. Thank you.